This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Climbers, it is hard to get a music publisher's time and attention. There are many reasons for this, and today... I'm going to share some pathways to a publisher to help you get on a publisher's radar. All right, Johnny, do that thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We want you to win. Climbers are artists, songwriters, indie musicians that are out on their own making miracles happen. And this show gives you the frameworks, the mindsets, the tools, and the hacks to optimize your time and win in this business and create leverage. Because that's what you're going to need. That's why we called it The Climb. C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a backstronym from my Good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a number one last year in Southern Gospel. Got a number one this year in Southern Gospel. It's Mr. Yes, Mr. Number One. (laughs) (laughs) Sharing the wealth, sharing the love, and helping songwriters like you turn pro by revealing on this podcast how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he regularly gets you in front of the pros to create and maintain relationships with the publishers that can help you move forward, the artists and the producers that can help you move forward. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you living? How you living? I'm living out of boxes. Partly right now. <laughs> getting ready to move. Uh, getting ready to move at the time of this recording. So hopefully by the time this drops, the house will have closed and, and we'll be in some other locale. So not far away, just down the road, but our circus needs a bigger big top. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> we need a bigger big top mm-hmm. on a taller hill. That's right. We all want what we ain't got. <laughs> That's right. Man, I got good news. Like, check this out. I got to tell yeah. you about this. So our 
just an update on our video content challenge episode with Ryan Brashear. Yeah. Okay. So we have, through a friend, have made a friend in Lieutenant Jeremy Vaughn from the Kingston Springs Police and Fire. Okay. And we are going to shoot video with all the officers, drive around the fire trucks, drive around the cop cars, and throw some love on them. And, you know, there's a lot going on right now in this country with the police. Yes. I mean, we had all the Floyd stuff to have, so they got a bad rap for that. We have the defund the police, which is now everybody's backstepping mm-hmm. on that because that, guess what, not working, right? Yeah. And we have, on Monday this week, there was, I think, 9,000 city, New York city workers, police, and fire personnel who walked off the job on unpaid leave because of vax mandates. Wow. So there's a number of fire stations that are closed down in New York mm-hmm. because of this. I don't know what kind of repercussions that's going to have. But the point being that there's a lot of people that have a lot of f- thoughts and feelings on <laughs> police right now. And this song is going to allow you to say what you want to say without saying you're anti-vax, without saying you're you know, against George Floyd or, or the, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. all positive stuff. And it turns out that there's like a nationwide, quote unquote, humanize the badge campaign that officers okay. are trying to do. Take hmm. more video content of them playing basketball with kids and, you know, and just showing them being human. Like, hey, I got a baby. I go to your church. I'm your next door neighbor. I, right. I shop at your grocery store. These kinds of things. So I frequent your donut shop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I had to do that. I had to do that. anyway so that i'm super excited about that so we're kind of like this is this has got the the dna for some lightning in a bottle we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. and we might be able to sort of escalate this up the the ranks and whatever the police hierarchy is to have that be the theme song for all this which is cool Cool. so so we're going to learn 10 ways to get on a publisher's radar today that's right that's right so it is not easy to get a publisher's attention that's something i hear a lot people asking questions about that how do i get my songs to a publisher how do i get published well, you know what? It's not easy, but I'm going to unpack 10 ways over the ne- next course of this episode. Just to, okay, this is how people get on publisher's radar. So insert yourself into one of these and you have a chance. At least get heard. There you go. I love it. All right. Well, let's take care of some business. Uh, mm-hmm. As always, we're super proud as Peacocks to be a part of the American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. This is 15 different shows that are all based on the stuff that you love. We're talking music production, music business, songwriting, all those verticals. It's all there. There's some great shows. ASPN, just go to americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast and check them out. If you are a longtime climber, go check out some of those shows. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good. If you found us through American Songwriter Magazine, Welcome to the climb. And there's 15 of them. That's a lot. That's a, lot a lot of stuff. Of so mm-hmm. they make it easy for you. The American Songwriter Magazine has put together the Suncast, right? Which is a free service That's that right. you can subscribe to. And Brent, tell them about that. Yeah, it shows up in your email inbox once a week on, you guessed it, Sunday. That's why they call it the Suncast, S-U-N, cast. So podcast on Sundays, right? Sunday podcast newsletter. And you can sign up for that. They just curate the five top podcast episodes from the American Songwriter Podcast Network, and they boop, drop it right in your 
inbox. It's it's not a bother. If you want to read on, just click on that and it gives you the top five. You can click any of those links and go right to the show. So super cool. So we're happy to show up there quite a bit ourselves as The Climb. But then there are other really good podcast shows that you should check out. But you can sign up for that at americansongwriter.com forward slash suncast. That's americansongwriter.com forward slash suncast, S-U-N-C-A-S-T. Love it. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash the Climb community. This is a thriving group community of singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians, all there, loving on one another, supporting on one another, sharing information, hooking up with co-writes, talking about wins, sharing their gigs and stuff. We want all of that to happen with you. Just put it in the right place, okay? Because it's going to be deleted if you just put it in the feed. Mm-hmm. But you can put valuable stuff in the feed. Your gig is a value to the whole community. It might be only a value to somebody who is in your market. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that's why we put the gigs. You can put all your gigs in a certain post. You can brag about yourself on social share in a certain post. And we have mm-hmm. Wednesday new heights on Wednesdays, right? Wednesday wins. That's right. So every Wednesday, this is where we encourage you to share your music related wins with us so we can celebrate with you. And that's one of the things I love seeing is that people do comment on other people's stuff because you can see these relationships being formed in the climb community and people becoming friends and, and allies and, and co-conspirators and co-writers. It's fun. So I just want to share a couple of the newer ones with you. Climber Michael Roth says, I somehow managed to get the Midwest Folk Alliance to let me put on a showcase for us late bloomers. It's funny here. You share the graphics called Get Off My Lawn. Nice. <laughs> late bloomer showcase. And it's coming up. And of course, at this point, it's already passed. But so that's good for Michael. He's making stuff happen in his in his home area in the Midwest Folk Alliance. So that's pretty cool. So good job, Michael. He's a good writer, too. He's one of those that he sent us in a song title challenge. Didn't use anything we said, and he won like the lyric contest for American Songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> he made the right decision. <laughs> he made the right choice. So apparently he put more thought into it than we did in our 20 minutes. But yeah, so he's a good writer. So he's a climber and a song pro. So happy to see that for him. Way to go, Michael. Yes. Taylor Hughes said, I'm releasing my third single. Very excited for this one because it shows a different side of me. Would love it if y'all pre-save. So she said that under win because you know what? Releasing new music is a win. Yes, it is. For people. So those are welcome there. So it's a win for her. So good luck with that, Taylor. And uh, lastly, some guy named Brent has a song called She's a River up to number 14 in Texas. Hey, I heard that guy with somebody. Ah, well, you know, you heard wrong. But still, <laughs> hopefully some people in Texas have heard the song. But uh, seriously, though, thanks to Junior Gordon for recording that song. And thanks to Neil Cody and Matt Dame for writing She's a River with me. And so it's fun to see that uh, song climbing up and... I don't know. Hopefully we'll crack the top 10 with it. Who knows? Love it. So, hey, guys, make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast wherever, whichever platform you're on and tell a friend about it. You're here, not out of the goodness of your heart. You're getting something out of it. Tell somebody else. Help us spread the word, please. We want to help as many people as we can, right? That's right. All right. So let's get into this. I need to get on a publisher's radar. What do I do? What do I do? All right. Show up on the front lawn. Hey. Well, that is point number one, basically. I, I got a song. You, right, you want to hear it? Here I go. That, exactly, <laughs> that is actually uh, point number one. It's the unsolicited <laughs> request. And I put this first to get it, to acknowledge it and get it out of the way because it's really not very efficient or successful at all or effective. But you know what? It's the thing. So this is the only easy path on the list, and it's the one that I really do not recommend. 
This is where you just put a cold call or a cold email to a publisher asking for a meeting. So by cold call, I mean, you have not talked to them before. They've not invited you. You're knocking on their door and they don't know you exist. So it's a cold call or email to ask for a meeting. It has a very low success rate. In fact, you're lucky to get a response at all with the unsolicited request. There are better strategies available, but hey, if you're just determined and you're not sure where else to start, cold calling, that's a pretty ineffective way to start. What if, what if I bring a ham? Like a baked brought, ham, like a country I brought ham? A baked ham, yeah. <laughs> or an edible, an edible, what are those edible bouquets? Ed- oh, here's an edible bouquet. Can you sing? Oh, you it's listen? all about the bar. Yeah, it's the bar <laughs> thing. That's right. Yeah. We do like those edible bouquets. So there's that way. And that's like Google searches or getting the Music Row publisher edition and it has contact information and stuff. So you can start just carpet bombing, you know, them with contact requests and requests for meetings. And it's not going to be very effective, but yeah, it's a way. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the ones that may actually work because I've tried the unsolicited request and I've never had anything happen. So did you ever see, did you ever see the movie Wolf of Wall Street? I have not seen that. Okay. Well, there's this scene. And which is an awesome movie, by the way. This is a scene where DiCaprio plays like this. This is a real life story, right? And he's like mm-hmm. super loaded and he's got like this Lamborghini and he ends up taking like these really wicked um, Valiums that they had back in the okay. day. I think maybe it's not a Valium. It's, it's a, I forget what it's called. It's a, definitely a downer though, right? Yeah. And he thinks like he's totally fine <laughs> driving yeah. home. Like he, he's like in this whole sort of community like house community or whatever and he's at the whatever the the, the club the dinner club or yeah. whatever and he leaves the dinner club and he's going to go drive home and he's pulling out of the circle and there's cars parked on both sides of the circle that it has to get out of to go to his street to get to his house oh boy and it's like it's all perfect like in his mind and then the next morning you see like all the cars are just bashed up like in the, oh, in, the in the circle and his his, his lamborghini is just like totally destroyed yeah and that's exactly what you'd be doing if you're trying to unsolicit yeah get your it, stuff unsolicited it's like, thankfully <laughs> it probably won't be as damaging but it's it's mainly just a waste of time mainly yeah. just a waste of time so like no one knows you you're there so you know, I tried that when I first moved to Nashville, knocking on doors, emailing Colin, just trying to get something. And I remember I dropped off a comp CD, so comp compilation CD of some of my demos at Major Bob Music. I called, they're like, yeah, drop it off. I dropped it off. Never heard anything back from it, right? And then point number two happened for me, and things changed. I'll tell you that story in a second. So the professional recommendation. So publishers listen to those in their peer group. So if you can get recommended by another publisher, by an ANR rep, by a professional songwriter, it's going to go a long way toward getting you in the room. So the best bet for the recommendation is from an industry pro, like from making a fan of someone at NSAI, Global Songwriters Connection, or some other songwriting organization. So in other words, those places, you know, Songwriting Pro, GSC, NSAI, more open doors for the music business. And hey, if we love what you do. There can be a recommendation done there. It's it's rare. All these are rare, but mm-hmm. that can open a door because people go, oh, so-and-so, yeah, like Cherie at, at Global Songwriters. Well, she listens to a whole lot of songs, knows a whole lot of songwriters. If she's calling me, they're not going to be bad. Like yep. they're going to have something going on because she doesn't call me about everybody. She's so I'm more likely yep. to listen, right? So that's a professional recommendation. So your NSAI, Global Songwriters, Songwriting Pro, that kind of stuff. Number three, and we're going to go through this pretty quick, but uh, number three is the personal relationship. Do you have a relative or a friend anywhere in the music business? You want to leverage your personal contacts. Yes, leverage. We like that word here. 
You want to leverage mm-hmm. your personal contacts. This is not cheating, okay, by the way. This is not cheating if wife happens to be really good friends with the publisher because they're in some sort of social setting together. Oh, you know what? We see each other. We're in the same book club. We go to the same church. We're in the small group. We're whatever it is, right? Whatever. They get to know each other. Hey, by the way, you think maybe they'll listen to one of my songs? Yeah, probably because, you know, she's friends, whatever. That's personal relationship. And that's not cheating. That's how business gets done. That's not just music business, but like any business gets done is so much the personal relationship. How most people get gigs, it's not through the ad in the paper. It's not through the ad on whatever ad platform. Somebody knows somebody. That's how most people get their gigs. Four words. Cole Swindell, Luke Bryan. (laughs) Right. Cole, also from Georgia, was somehow new Luke and got to be like fraternity brothers form ah was that it fraternity brothers and was selling merch on the road and you know stuff happens yep and so (laughs) it does that automatically make him a good songwriter no i mean he is a good songwriter but it gave him some access it gave him a a point that i'm sure luke luke wouldn't have given him had he not been able to bring the goods of course not you know because it hurts yourself like like luke bryan's you know cleaning lady Mm -hmm. or third grade teacher doesn't have a publishing deal. Is not an artist. Like probably could didn't write songs. Very right. <laughs> They've written one, and like here you go, Luke. And he's yeah. like, yeah, that's sweet. I don't know why people feel like that, but I may or may not have been guilty of feeling like that when I was an artist and I was a young buck. And it is natural because yeah. that whole sense of kids in the backseat yelling, "It's not fair." Yeah, exactly. But I remember that whole thing with uh, Skid Row, man, because. Mm-hmm. And they got plugged right in because of Bon Jovi, because that was Bon Jovi's old band. Yeah. You know, when he got signed, they wouldn't sign the band. They only signed him. And he said, mm. let me go. I'll make it right. And then he came back and he made it right. Like after the third album, he took him out on the New Jersey tour. That record, first of all, is an awesome record. Like if you like that kind of music, that record is absolutely killer. It's unbelievable. And just to give you an idea of like talent and production and all that stuff like michael wagner did the demos for that and then also mm. produced the the record i heard those freaking demos dude yeah before the record came out because they did it in like geneva like so we had that oh, kind of cool. access i'm like this is gonna be the coolest effing record i have ever heard like that sebastian <laughs> bach just singing like a monster at that moment still didn't have a deal could yeah. not get a deal from atlantic records and it wasn't until bon jovi said so he paid for the whole record, mm-hmm. right? And then it wasn't until he said, okay, I will take them out on the New Jersey tour as my support act for the entire tour. Yeah. And then, boom, they get a deal from Atlantic Records and a million-dollar cash advance. So there, there you go. go. <laughs> Help to know business. somebody. Business, yeah. <laughs> and it sold like a boatload of records, you know what I mean? Because it was really freaking good. That's the thing. It wouldn't have worked if it wasn't good. Like, yeah. you know, Snoop Dogg, we've talked about him saying that before. Like, you can't make people stars, man. Yeah. You can't make people stars. Like, you, right. you put them in position, but if they're not a star, they're not a star. Not going to happen. So when you, when you think about relationships or whatever, and you think like, oh, well, it must be nice if you can do that or if you know that person, mm-hmm. just think about that Snoop Dogg thing. Yeah. He's tried. And lots of people have tried. It mm-hmm. doesn't work, you know, but, you know, we only and we only hear about the people that have a tremendous amount of success that mm-hmm. got in like Cole Swindell because they had an in with somebody like Luke Bryan. But guess what? They also wake up in piss excellence. They're good. Yeah. 
but good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. As Johnny likes to say, my esteemed co-host, it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. It may not be your fault that you grew up in a town that there's not some famous connection or high-ranking person that you know you went to high school with or was in beta club with your mom or whatever. But it is your responsibility to go out there and meet people and make some personal relationships. I want to add to that on another thing here. So there's a business practice that I have used many times and had a lot of success with. When you talk about like being one degree away of uh-huh. somebody, right? So we need to get to know somebody. Like I want to know this publisher. Yeah. Who do we know that knows this publisher? Yeah. Who do we know that knows somebody who knows this publisher, right? And you go out with concentric circles. And going through that exercise is how we, I mean, this is like a big, small win, okay? But mm. when we were working with, with Jacob Cade and we got him to open up for Steel Panther, which was a huge get. Yeah. Like like that is a very coveted spot in his market in Denver sold out the Fillmore at 3600 seats and he's direct support. And the way yeah. that we did that was I had one buddy of mine who knew the secretary at the management company. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm like let's send this to them cuz they're going to like this kid, you know. I yeah. just need them to see it because they decide, right? The yeah. bands like they decide. And then all of a sudden we got a list of the people that worked at the management company. And then all of a sudden the mom was like, wait a second. I know that name. He's seen Jacob already. Like he loves Jacob. <laughs> so now we got, we got one person crawling in mm-hmm. through the window, somebody coming in through the back door with the same message on the same date. We want this date. And Bob's your uncle. We got the freaking date. You know what I mean? Cause oh, we're yeah. thinking about who knows we need to get to the management company. Mm-hmm. Who knows these people? We want something and we got it, you know? Yeah. And so, man, have some faith in yourself and know that you can deliver and go and do those things. Because if you come to me and you're this incredible artist and nobody's ever heard of you and I can put you in front of somebody else, makes me look cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's street cred forever to go, oh, I'm the one that introduced so-and-so to so-and-so and now they're a huge star and they're all over the place. I mean, I've gotten on a smaller level. I've had fun with the fact that my buddy Matt Dame he and I went to high school together. Matt's, well, now he's the lead singer for the Steel Drivers, which is a Grammy Award-winning bluegrass group. But yeah. for years before that, he was one of the top demo singers in town. You know, he sniffed at record deals and stuff. He's a phenomenal singer, but he's been one of the top demo singers in town, and yeah. people just love his voice. And, oh, you know, Matt, I'm like, I went to Razorback football camp with Matt. Like, I <laughs> helped him plug. I got to Nashville before him and, and introduced him to his first other pro writers, like Bob Regan, Played his voice, you know, Matt's voice was on a work tape of a song that Matt and I had written. He's like, does he look like a singer? Does he look like a star? I'm like, I don't know. You know, back then, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but he started bringing Matt up from Arkansas, from Little Rock, to start singing demos. And then word got around and word got around. And so I've I've had the fun of going, oh, yeah, man, I helped Matt get to town. Because I was, first time he recorded in a studio is a song that we wrote. And I was the first one to play him his songs around town. And people started hearing his voice. Dude, you know, which is fun for me. Like it would have happened for Matt. Otherwise he's so talented. It would have eventually the dots would have connected if he'd worked, you know, if he wanted them to, which he did, but still that's fun that I could be a little part of that store and be like, yeah, well I knew him when you can be that person. If you introduce somebody great to other people. Yeah. So on that note, this happened to me last night. So I'm out with Len Snow, right. From get Joe records. And, and we went to go see Ryan Brashear play. Right. Yeah. And just kind of got caught up on some stuff that we were doing. I got to tell Ryan all about the whole thing happening with the 
police and fire. Like we're going to shoot the second part of this video and we're going to yeah. get what we want more than what we wanted. We're so excited and shout out to Kingston Springs police. Cause you guys rock. Mm-hmm. But then we're at, we ended up at whiskey bent or something. Ryan's done with his show. He's out with Len and I We're having a cocktail and we just started talking. It made me think about this. Cause you said steel drivers. We saw, well, first we were at Valentine's and we, and he wanted to go see Len wanted to go see his guitar player. I can't remember his first name, but it's this guy they call Elmo. He's okay. amazing guitar player. Yeah. And he was playing at Valentine's and the bass player, I knew the bass player, Ben King. Yeah. And I'd hired him a couple of times to play with Bailey James. And then somehow it came up that that gig happened with Tyler Powers. And then mm-hmm. Ryan's like, I know Tyler Powers. Like, and so Tyler's the guitar player for this deal drivers now oh okay okay so he plays with your boy matt dane yeah and tyler's like dude just sick with it like i put him on tour with allura i you know i've done like he's he's stepped up a couple times on a couple different gigs for me and so we were just talking about that and then it was like i said ryan do you know chris malk and and he's like yeah and then i was same thing i was like dude i brought chris out from la you know yeah. i mean i produced like three eps and i brought him i was like dude like i'm already working with him but that just whoop, went a little yeah. higher you know? <laughs> oh yeah. People will, if, if, especially if it helps their reputation, they're going to pass you around. They're going to yeah sing your praises. If your praises yeah. are worth singing, if your praises are on key, right. You know, mm-hmm. so that's personal relationship. The other thing, another one is the business relationship. So when I first got to Nashville, I had a part-time job at a publishing company, Blue Water Music. Shout out. They still do admin for me. You know, as I got to know our admin clients or administrative clients, patiently over time, I was able to approach them about listening to my songs. So the deal at Blue Water in my situation was we would do the administrative work for other publishing companies. We had a creative department as well with some good writers there, like Charlie Steffel, Jim Lauderdale, some some really good writers there. But then we also would outsource some other publishing companies like Carnival and some other places at the time would outsource their admin, meaning, hey, we got cuts. We need you know these songs registered with PROs around the world. We need the copyrights sent in. We need someone to collect the royalty money, send it out to the writers, you know, all that stuff. All the paperwork, fun stuff that we all got in the music <laughs> business for. <laughs> I got to, I can fill out yeah. more forms. <laughs> yeah, we have forms for days. And anyway, we did that. So I was working at Blue Water, not as a writer, but just like a data entry at the time. And but then it allowed these other publishers were coming around for meetings and different stuff. And I got to know people and like think of guys like Mark Meckel and, and some like Brad Kennard over at Carnival and just people over time, you kind of get to know them, you're around and they get to sniff you out a little bit. And then patient, I was like, Hey, by the way, you know, I'm a writer and would it be okay if I like drop by sometime, just play a song or two. Just get, I'd just love to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, so humbly, patiently. And then I started getting to play around for publishers that way. And some other people started hearing what I was doing. And so is there a way to get a business relationship on your side where they, they get to know you through the business first or somehow and connect with you personally a little bit, sniff you out, then they're more likely. I wasn't just a name they'd never heard before, emailing them or cold calling. You know, that's the bottom of the priority list. But if it's yeah. like, oh, it's Brent from Blue Water. You know, he's a nice guy. He takes care of our publishing stuff. We get checks, you know. So, hey, he's on the team. You know, he's helping for us. So, yeah, come on by. Because I led patiently and humbly and I wasn't like first time I met him by the way I've got these hits man I'm gonna make y'all famous <laughs> hey I'm Brent by the way I've got yeah. <laughs> not that's not good and, I've, the and I would have gotten fired pretty talking. quickly from my gig of Blue Water too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> would not have been good 
So what's a business relationship? Is there some way, some way that you connect business wise with, with publishers, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be. Or with industry people. I mean, right. With industry people. I met people Michael Wagner. Who might. Brought, brought him a gig. You brought him a gig. <laughs> right. So like the professional recommendation, maybe it's not a business connection directly with the publisher. Maybe it's a business connection with somebody that other part of the business. And then they get to know you and then they can recommend you. You know, so the professional relationship or the business relationship may lead to the personal relationship, which leads to the professional recommendation, right? It's like you're talking about the concentric circles, seeing the layers. How can I work my way in? And I love what you're saying about that, about taking stock of what's my situation? Who do I know? What are the six degrees of separation? How do I start working through that network to connect the dots to get to where, you know, the publisher I want to get to? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so when I had the gig for Michael, I'd seen Michael around. I had a lot of friends who worked with Michael. Mm-hmm. I had never, and again, like that, I'm fanboy, you know, big yeah. fanboy. Like that was the guy, that was my messiah in the yeah. 80s. Like if Michael would produce our record, then we would be amazing, yeah. you know, and we would surely be stars. And that is a fact, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not an opinion, it's a fact. But it was Paul Taylor, right? Like from Winger. I, yeah. just, I called Paul. I'm like, hey, Paul, like, because he wrote with the artist that I wanted Michael to produce, right? Yeah. So it's that whole, hey, do you think Michael would produce this? And my, he's like, Michael would be perfect for that. I'm like, I know, right? Huh. And he's like, hold on, man. Let me text him. I'll, I'll hit you back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Climbers, do you have a groundbreaking song that the world needs to hear? Enter your song today in American Songwriters 2021 Song Contest to win $10,000 promotion across American Songwriter and a co-publishing deal with Live by Live. Get your songs in front of the contest judges who are also number one artists like Paul Stanley from Kiss. I love that. Vance Joy and Martina McBride, along with top A&R executives such as the senior VP of A&R at Atlantic Records and BBR Music Group. Go to americansongwriter.com forward slash song dash contest to enter. Again, that's americansongwriter.com slash song dash contest to enter. And if you use the coupon code CLIMB, all capital letters, C-L-I-M-B, you'll save 10% on your contest entry. No reason not to do it now, guys.
And he's like, hold on, man. Let me text him. I'll hit you back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. 10 minutes later, Michael's down. Here's his number. Give him a call. You know, done. <laughs> but as a friend of a friend, who do I know yeah. that knows him? I want to go do this thing over here. And then we go and do that thing over there. And it's like, you know, it's amazing when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. And you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. How much energy can flow to you? I remember Jacob Cade flew out because that was the first artist I brought to Michael. He flew out to come and meet with them and, and sort of you know, talk about getting the dates together and all that stuff. And then we went and did, there was like a rock night every Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And there was a rock night. I forget what they call it, but it was like a regular Tuesday thing. And like a killer band doing covers. Yeah. And all the stars that are in town show up at that place at that time and they go get up on stage and they do a song. And I mean, it's like, you know, whoever's in town, right? Yeah. Well, I'm forgetting his name right now and this is embarrassing, but the slashes drummer Mm -hmm. was in town. Right. And and Jacob was a huge fan of slashes band. Yeah. Not guns and roses, but his own band. And he was like, dude, that's so-and-so like on the drums, blah, blah, blah. And so it's Michael and me and Jacob, and his mom at this club and we're just listening to the band and Michael doesn't know him, you know, but he's like, Oh my God, that's so-and-so from he's the, he's like my favorite drummer ever. And Michael's like, Oh, do, do you want him to play on your EP? And he's like, uh, yeah. He goes, okay, hold on. So he just walks over. He's like, Hey man, you know, blah, blah, comes back. He's like, okay. He's in like, comes like, Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I guess this kid, you couldn't have, you couldn't have smacked the smile off his face, but he asked, yeah. you know what I mean? He asked. And, and he knew him right away and walked right up to him. and was just like, dude, I love you. I, I just think you're like amazing. And I just want to tell you, like, you're, I love your pocket. Like, you know, and he just is talking about music stuff and then got out of his way. He's like, that's all I'm going to say. And he walks yeah. over and Michael's like, who's that? Oh, hold on a second. You know? Like, yeah. But he asked. You know what nice. I mean? Sometimes you can't be afraid to ask when you got the goods. Amen. Amen to that. So that's awesome. All right. Number, I think we're at five now. The PRO recommendation. So this is one I foreshadowed before. So a PRO is a performing rights organization. In the U.S., we have ASCAP, CSAC, and BMI. Each PRO has writers reps who spend part of their time meeting with writers. Now, they don't advertise that a whole lot because they're way more writers than they have time to meet with. And reps, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, then they have reps, right. So if over the course of some meetings, right, more than one meeting, you can make a rep a believer in your music, they might book you or hook you up with some publishers, right? may pick up the phone for you. They can't do that for everyone because not everyone is worthy. Not everyone's ready for that, I should say. Everyone's worthy, but not everyone's ready, okay? So don't expect it. But every time they recommend a writer, they risk some of their professional credibility. So they have to be very judicious in how on who they pick up the phone for. Just because mm-hmm. otherwise, they'll lose their connections. People stop picking up the phone for them. So I mentioned before that I had done the unsolicited request i called major bob music and and hey i'm a songwriter and can i drop off you know can i meet with someone or drop off some songs they're like yeah drop it off and then like drop off the edge of the earth never heard anything again and then <laughs> well, right on the edge of the desk into the trash can right I think. <laughs> and a few months later i meet with chad green over at ascap chad's still a buddy of mine and he'd heard some of my stuff before he'd heard a monday morning church this is before alan actually at this point alan had just cut it but wasn't out yet uh, but he'd heard it before, and and so anyway, went in, played some songs for him. We chatted. He he dug me. Already had heard some of my work through other co-writers and stuff. And he picked up the phone and called Major Bob. He's like, "Hey, I know they're looking for some new writers." 
you know, some young riders, whatever, let, let me call Mike over there. Cause Mike used to work at ASCAP and Mike was actually the first person I ever had an ASCAP rep meeting with. Now Mike didn't remember it. It was back, you know, a few years before that, like at least five years before this, this story takes place. But Mike used to work at ASCAP, so we knew Chad. Now Mike's over at the family business and Major Bob. And so he's able to pick up the phone, just call Mike. And sure enough, then I got a meeting. And that meeting eventually led to a publishing deal. That was a PRO recommendation. Again, these are not easy to get. I'm sure what helped pick up the phone was, oh, by the way, Brent got an Alan Jackson cut. Yeah, you might have heard of him. That he has publishing on. And which is another point we'll get to, but it was a PR recommendation. I believe even without that, they would have listened to, you know, there's like, okay, drop off some stuff. That's just funny. So Chad calls it like, yeah, drop off some stuff. This time I got a call back. <laughs> yeah. Probably the same songs on the disc, by the way. Yeah, I'm Probably sure. the same songs, but they wouldn't know that because they didn't listen to the first one. I'm sure. Right. Second one comes through with a recommendation. They listen and, we got a meeting and end up getting some cuts together. So that's the PRO recommendation. Love it. Yes. So here's another one. The play for a publisher event. Various organizations and workshops have events where their members can play a song for a music publisher. We if, only knew somebody. If that. only we knew somebody who does that. So if you or your songs knock their publisher's socks off, it might open a door and you don't always have to be in Nashville to participate in these events. So many are, online so you want to check out various websites for details and stuff you know nsai has some global songwriters has some songwritingpro.com and songwritingpro.com has one which is online so i got a fun story about this so climber and songwriting pro member terry birch she has popped up several times at these play for a publisher events like she keeps coming back to play for these various publishers i'll bring in because it's my personal relationships or business relationships with these publishers. Hey, come on in. I'll curate some songs and I'm professionally recommending these songs to you that won't waste your time. We bring them in and we sit down on zoom online from anywhere in the world. And we've had people join from like Scotland, Canada, the Northeast, Northwest, wherever, you know, and we'll sit down on zoom. I'll play these 10 songs. They get a chat with the writer, give their feedback and it's opened some doors for people. So, which brings me back to Terry Birch. So she's been at a couple of these and we had an event with a publisher and you know, she had a song make it as she tends to do because she does good work. So this publisher, there's several people. He's like, I'm going to listen to this again. I'll get back to you. You know, so he gave it a list and there's something he really liked there. Let me listen again. Well, it turns out Terry is one of those people and they have a handshake agreement where he wants to pitch a couple of her songs around. And this nice. is someone that she did not know before. Because you yeah. know, he's emailed me. He's like, "Hey, man, she's does some great work. Thanks, you know, basically thanks for the hookup, right?" Yeah, and yeah. and she messaged me the other day and said, "Hey, he's already pitched my songs to some artists in Canada and stuff." So like, she's getting pitches from this event. This is yeah. how this works, right? Not because yeah. I'm so awesome, but because her songs were good enough, and she's tried this a few times in front of some different publishers, some different songs. You know, found the right publisher, reach and frequency. Right. Yep. He keeps reaching these publishers enough. And then one one popped. And will he get her a cut? Will he not? I, who knows? But it's a possibility because he's working her songs and getting them. Can't get a home run like, until you until you get an at bat. Exactly. She's up at the plate and, and her songs are swinging and he's swinging for her. So I'm super excited about that. She was super excited about it. And so that's I mean, we've had other stuff get cuts on like Christian country artists and and different things happen through events like that. So those are available wherever you are in the world. 
So look into those. Yeah, we have one at songwritingpro.com. And, you know, we do those, try to do those every quarter. But other places have them as well. And, and hey, it didn't have to be one over the other, you know, reach and frequency. So the more you can do, the more chances you have to uh, get with the right person, get it in the right ears with the right song at the right time. But super excited yep. for Terry. And, and hopefully, hopefully our, that publisher friend will land something and <laughs> we'll just have an even more exciting story to tell. Shout out to Terry. Yeah. yeah. Keep on climbing. Another way to get on publisher's radar is a staff writer co-write. So it is not easy to get a co-write with a pro writer, obviously. However, if you write a killer song with a staff writer, their publisher is likely to ask, uh, who's this other name on here? I don't know this person. If they love what you write with their writer, they're probably going to be open to hearing more of your stuff. So however you can finagle getting a write with a, a staff songwriter or even someone that is not signed but plays for different publishers and building relationships and may go, oh, who else is on this song? Like like we just did the, a video content challenge with Carrie Cunningham. And sure mm-hmm. enough, one of the writers on that song was Steve Smintek. And not only do I know Steve from doing play for publisher events because he's had songs make it because he's a consistently solid songwriter, you know, Carrie's out there working songs. So I was curious. It was a good song that all uh, it's a bar thing. It's a good song. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. I bet Steve's on that. I'm like, who's on that? Oh, Carrie Earl and, and Steve Smintek. I'm like, I knew Steve would be on it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's got another at bat with me. Not, I'm not a publisher, but I mean, I publish my own stuff, but people will ask, who'd you write that with? So even yeah. if they're not signed, your, your name can get into the ears of these publishers. But if they are, especially if they're on staff and they're demoing the song or pitching it, you know, you want to keep up with your, your co-writers and do a little business at the beginning of the co-writer. It's like, hey, you know, here's where I've been playing these songs. Have you been playing the songs anywhere? What kind of feedback you've been getting? Oh, you played it for so-and-so and they loved it. Hey, would you mind passing on their info? Maybe they'll want to sit down with me. Because really, the team wins. And so I've done that before going, hey, I'm a writer with so-and-so on this song. I heard that you you liked it. You pitched it a little bit. I'd love to come in and play a couple other things and see what you think about it. And then, so it's a way it's not totally cold. You have a little bit of a business card, a little bit of cred, a little bit of leverage because they already like some of your other work. And they're more likely to go, yeah, come on in for a few minutes and see what else you got. Because yeah. they're pulling on that thread to see where the talent is, see where the next hit's coming from. So they might be up for a meeting. And they're always looking for writers. Always. Always looking for good writers. As a, a Hall of Fame nominated songwriter told me one time, he said, yeah, they're never looking but they're always looking to make money. Because I asked him if like, any publishers looking for writers. He's like, no, no one's ever looking, but they're always looking to make money. In other words, if you show up and you smell like money, yeah, they're looking all of a sudden. <laughs> that's right? Because right? aren't we all? Uh-huh. So, yeah, so that's it. That's the staff writer co-write. We also have the industry function. If you meet a publisher out at a writer's night, at a workshop, be patient. Don't get all excited and shove a CD in their face or a, a link or a business card or whatever it might be or beg them for a meeting, try to connect in a real and real way on a personal level. So you want to make a connection, not just a contact. I mean, connections beat contacts all day long, right? So there are a lot of crazies out there. A lot of, a lot of people that are a little too high on their own supply or whatever. And the publisher is usually going to want to sniff you out a few times before they're up for a meeting. Usually because they're busy. They don't have time to meet with everybody. So like I can meet with anybody, but I can't meet with everybody. So what's going to make you an anybody instead of an everybody? And so some of that maybe you meet them at a workshop and in a SAI function, a songwriting pro function, 
something like that, a, a conference, whatever. Just try to connect yeah, on music, but also just on life, something to, you know, hey, if you come up to me and, you know, you're wearing Arkansas gear and so am I, we're going to make a connection. Yeah. And we may not even talk about music, but I'm going to be a lot more likely to remember you. Well, that's it. Cause you're talking, people aren't going to remember what you say. They're going to remember how you made them yeah. feel. You know what I mean? If they're like, Oh my God, I love that guy. Yeah. You know, oh, you're a songwriter too. Yeah. And if you have a modicum of communication skills, mm-hmm. you can steer that conversation around talking about them, talking about them, talking about them. And then they're going to ask about you. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I'm a songwriter. Oh, you're kidding me. I'm a publisher. No way. Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like imagine that. Yeah. You know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And and that kind of stuff is is fun, you know. You just got to play those chess pieces. Yeah, right? but it's at industry functions where they know they're going to be people outside the business. You know, if you're at a conference or a workshop, they're going to be people that they know are knocking on the doors of the music business, and so they're going into that environment knowing that. And so you just yep. want to differentiate yourself from everybody who's overly eager and just desperate or whatever, and just try to make a connection, not a contact, and and just be your nice, lovable self, and be patient about it. But that's where reach and frequency comes in. You've reached them now. You want to reach them again somehow. You maybe do a follow-up and that sort of thing and just be patient. But that's a way to get on a publisher's radar, especially if it's one of those things where, you know, you're a workshop or an event where you get to play a song and they're going to be listening. Mm-hmm. You know, those are getting more and more common, especially online stuff. And so that's a chance to get on a radar. Uh, let's see what else we got. <laughs> this one, easy. This is easy. I should have started with this one. The major artist cut. Yeah. Oddly enough, that will get you on a publisher's radar as I move my head so you can see Alan Jackson over my shoulder. So, I mean, that that's my story is that I was in Nashville. Been, How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Yeah. I was in Nashville, been in Nashville like two years, couldn't get arrested, couldn't get any, you know, I mean, I, I was starting through my professional relationships with Blue Water. I was starting to meet with publishers through some personal co-writer connection, starting to meet with some other publishers, but nothing big was going on. Then all of a sudden, through those connections, which was, I wrote the song with Aaron Enderlin. She got it to Jeff Carlton, who legit publisher. He got it to Keith Stagall, who's Alan's producer. Got to Alan, got cut. Okay, so just the way you think it should happen. Um, but that was kind of unrelated to the rest of my life. I wasn't a known commodity. And really, honestly, neither was Aaron at that point. She was still in college. But all of a sudden, that this, this major cut happened on this Hall of Fame artist. Like, who? What? Mm-hmm. I mean... So, yeah, it's it's not easy to get a major cut, obviously, but it's one of the ways, okay? And I'm sure when mm-hmm. when Chad called from ASCAP up to Mike at Major Bob, that was one of the first things. Hey, this is Brent Baxter. That part's not important. He just got an Alan Jackson cut. That's the part that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, so he's a writer then. And he's yeah. a writer. Oh, and, and he's just good. got an Alan Jackson cut. Yeah. And, you know, look, shopping around for a deal. Can I send him? Over. Well, yeah. Yeah. Publisher strokes his chin. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he owns his own publishing, so it's available, is it? Hmm. Yeah. He didn't get it. But I did yeah, my man. <laughs> but it's a door opener. And also, let me add to that str- you know, significant streaming success. It doesn't have to be an Alan Jackson or a Florida Georgia line or Morgan Wallen or Dua Lipa or whoever, you know, Walker Hayes or whoever. Doesn't have to be that person. If it's somebody that is blowing up on, you know, socials on TikTok or whatever, and they're getting all these streams, and for one thing, you're starting to make some money, make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. You're having success. Mm-hmm. Apparently, people are responding to your song and the artists that you must know if you got a song 
recorded by them. All that is proof. You're creating leverage in the music business. So maybe you, if you do the cold call kind of thing, at least you have the elevator pitch, which is, hey, my name's, you know, my name's John Dwinell, and I wrote a song that has gotten over 5 million streams on Spotify. And I'm just looking mm-hmm. to meet some people in the music business. I'll have to come by, play a couple things, see what happens. Uh, yeah, you have my attention. Yep. Maybe I found you before anyone else did. Lucky me that my name's, you know, my publishing company is AAA Publishing Company. You called me first out of the phone book. So, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, this is why everyone started their company's AAA back in the day in the phone book. That way they'd be first. If people just started going down the list, they'd call them first. But anyway. As to do with Chinese food places, too. There you go. A1 Chinese or something. Yeah. yeah. At, at Arkansas State, where I went to school, so go Indians, go Red Wolves. We had, like for our, our graduate program and also undergrad, we just had a large, especially you know, like for Arkansas, a large international contingent. You know, people from India, Pakistan, different places at our school. And I was like, huh, well, how did you end up here? Like, we're not, I mean, it's Arkansas State. It's not like, oh, because everyone's heard of University of Texas. Everyone's heard of Michigan. Everyone's heard of Ohio State, whatever. Not one of those. Like, we're not that. Yeah. How'd you end up here? Well, it's cheap and it started with A. <laughs> Seemed to be the answer. That's <laughs> like A for Arkansas. Oh my God, that's awesome, and dude. They look I never at the tuition. That. They're like, yes, let's go to Arkansas State. <laughs> well, they must have passed on Alabama because that came before well, it. Right? <laughs> Darn right. Probably more expensive, too. Uh, so true. anyway, uh, so yeah, if you can get a major cut or have you know significant streaming success, that sort of stuff with you as the artist or with, you know, a different artist that that's all part of building that story that you're a professional and you can get stuff done. And people are interested in that because again, they're never looking, but they're always looking to make money. And if you're making money without them, maybe they can add some zeros onto that. Well, that's the other way. All right. We're, we're coming in close. This is number 10 here. The artist buzz, the value of the writer artist has skyrocketed over the past several years. So if you're getting buzz around town as a potential artist, or you're blowing up on socials, that goes a long way toward getting a publisher's attention. Because even if you aren't a great writer, they know they can always hook you up with great writers. That's one thing they have no shortage of is professional-grade writers. What they don't have enough of is access and artists and stuff that is the shortcut to a cut, basically. Well, there are a lot of people. I mean, you know, I get the musicrow.com emails about people signing deals and all this stuff, and, man, most of them are slashes writer artist you know singer songwriter yep so and so because i mean so much about publishers these days is building a great room which means are you producer are you an artist you know are you just a phenomenal writer how can we put an artist or producer in the room so when we write a professional great song it's in that smaller stack of stuff that has a better chance of getting cut so that's the other thing so if you i mean i've, I've talked to some people like i'm not really interested in being a, an artist but Hey, if people keep asking me, I'll start saying yes if that gets me more meetings. Because publishers yeah. are a little more interested going, oh, because they know if they sign you. I mean, Seagal Music. Brad Paisley, when he came out, he and Chris, um, oh, Chris um, Dubois, sorry, and Frank Rogers, they started Seagal together. Chris was like the business guy and the lyricist, songwriter. Frank is a songwriter and producer, and Brad's the, uh, the artist and writer. And so they had this little camp. And you know what? They got a ton of Brad Paisley cuts. Duh. You know? Go figure. Yeah. (laughs) 
because they have the inside track on the artist. So they know, and so Seagull Publishing, you know, got a lot of Brad Paisley cuts and a lot of Brad Paisley hits because they were on the, all over those Brad Paisley records. Go figure. So yep. obviously it makes sense if a publisher can sign the artist and the artist is going to get half the record or something or more. Man, shortcut to all those. I mean, they're, they're doing their job for them. They don't have to do much. I mean, on that same note, if you're an artist, if you are a writer who is also pursuing an artist thing, you know, hello, all the even episodes help you get leverage to get on the publisher radar. Yes. And guess who's doing, you know, labels are acquisition-based business models now. They are buying people that essentially have traffic and that already have audiences mm -hmm. and trying to make those audiences bigger. They're not signing the diamonds in the rough and developing them anymore. Guess who is doing that part of the business? Publishers. Publishers. But even then, it's out of people that are, you know, the best way to get a publishing deal is to not need one. So you're still competing yeah. for those spots. Yeah, so it's, yep. But yes, that is more the artist development camp these days. It has been for a while now. So those are the 10, but I got a bonus for you. And I kind of alluded to it. It kind of bleeds over into the last, uh, last one we talked about is the producer writer buzz. So I mentioned those music row, you know, press releases about so-and-so signs with so-and-so music. If boy, it seems like mm -hmm. if they're not a writer artist, they're a producer writer. Mm -hmm. And so the value of a producer writer has gone through the roof the last several years. Track guy. Track yeah. guy or old school producer, whatever it is. Like you still need to be a strong writer. But if your production skills are turning heads, publishers know they can get you into better rooms. And, you know, it saves them demo money because you can produce your own stuff if you're like a track person. So they don't have to spend so much money on demos. They can get more songs out faster because they're not having to schedule it a few weeks out, wait for the demo session to come on. It can be like it can be done like the day I wrote the song. Here's a track that's pitchable, that sort of thing. And if you're have great production chops, you may get to deal producing somebody's record. And how much yep. access does that give that publisher to that project? It gives them tons of access. One thing, one of the, you know, if you're a producer writer, you're probably writing with the artist, getting tons of cuts on there, and you're basically doing the publisher's job for them. So again, best way to get a publishing deal, don't need one. <laughs> you know, what makes them want to sign you is that they don't have to do anything else. Like you're bringing in, you know, your own cash flow with it. So yeah. if you're a producer, man, you know, fly that flag. Fly that flag because that's going to get that's going to matter to publishers. It's not just your songwriting. It's again, most of the people getting signed these days are slashes. They're writer slash producer, writer slash artist, that sort of thing. And so again, let me just read over these real quick just to recap. You got the unsolicited request, which doesn't help, but if you very much, but if you're going to have one, at least try to leverage a some sort of elevator pitch. Like, hey, I'm Brent Baxter. I just got a song cut by so and so. And I got my publishing. I just wanted to meet with some people. Okay, that's a nice elevator pitch. You have the professional recommendation. You have the personal relationship, the business relationship, the PRO recommendation, the play for a publisher event, hint, hint, the staff songwriter co-write, the industry function, the major cut, the artist buzz, and the producer buzz. So those are some ways. I know at this point you may be more frustrated than you were an hour ago. But hey, <laughs> nobody said it was easy. I don't know of any path to a publisher that's quick and easy outside of just absolute dumb luck. And luck is not a mm -hmm. good strategy. Luck is a terrible strategy. However, they do say the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I would say, look at these, see how you can plug into these and get in one of these really 11 pipelines. 
and how you can go up to the ones that are more effective. And like Johnny talked about, finding out who knows who. And always better songs make networking easier. Back to life. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. I, I think about, like, Lil Ava Page. Uh-huh. Now, she's in Nashville, but this same thing applies to whatever the writer hierarchy is in your market, mm-hmm. you know? There's some kind of hierarchy there. Yeah, she just started writing like crazy and started with her class and then she was clearly getting better and interested in getting better. And next thing you know, she's with mid-level writers. And the next thing you know, she's writing with writers that have publishing deals. So now she's on the radar screens of all those publishing companies, you know, that's happening. And that was just from a year of hard work. Yeah. You know, so it's a ladder. You can climb it. You can, you know, you really can. You just have to, have to get in there and make it happen and, and want to be good and want to improve. Yeah, amen to that. So, hey, thanks for hanging in, in there with us today. I have a gift for you. It's my free ebook. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. You can get access to it at songwritingpro.com slash gift. And basically, it outlines some of this stuff that we've talked about today and just a lot of stuff that I've learned, both the fun way and the hard way for my years in the music business, just kind of encapsulate some of the really handy stuff. I know it's helped gotten several emails from people that they're like, I go back and I read it like through once a year, once every six months. And it's so helpful. Thank you. And so it's my gift to you. So think like a pro songwriter at songwritingpro.com slash gift. And you just tell me where to send it. I send it to you. It's a PDF. It's super easy read. And it'll help you on your way. Awesome, man. Well, there you go, guys. It brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you join the Climb community. Make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast depending on what platform you're on, subscribe to Suncast Mm -hmm. so you get some of that other stuff on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. Keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. Achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. 
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.